Amen. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to hear the, the personal story of Jesus invading a life, is it not? And so that's what we're going to focus on today. We, if you've been with us through December, uh, we've been going through an Advent series, basically uh, surrounding Christmas and the holidays. And Advent means uh, coming, it means arrival. And so we focused on different words each week that kind of, uh, kind of give reason for why Jesus came in his first coming, born of the Virgin Mary. And then we talk of uh, what, how that, we celebrate that for Christmas and as well as during this time in between when we're waiting for the second Advent, the second Christmas of Jesus' second coming and this time in between where uh, looking back changes how we live and looking forward changes how we live. And so today we're going to wrap up that series and the, the theme word for, for today is love. And so kind of a, a perfect word to, to capture all of the things that we've talked about in the focus of the holiday season, um, the peace and the joy, uh, the gift, the new life and the hope that we get from the coming of Jesus Christ uh, is all motivated. Uh, the source and the genesis behind all of that is the love of God. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of scripture uh, at this season of my life has been Ephesians 3.11 and it says this, the eternal purposes of God have been realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so as we turn our hearts towards, again, not only the born Jesus, but the resurrected Jesus and the reigning Jesus, uh, my prayer is that we would uh, focus in today on, on kind of a unique aspect, honestly. Uh, we're gonna focus on the loving friendship that God offers us and that God invites us into. So there's many aspects of God's love, but one of them that I think sometimes I have overlooked in my life is, is the invitation into friendship, into fellowship. And so if you'll, uh, in your Bibles, we're gonna spend some time in Revelation, last book of the Bible, chapter three. And the verse that we're gonna focus in on is, is pretty common known verse when Jesus stands at the door and knocks and anyone who hears his voice and opens the door he will come into them and he will eat with them and we with him and so we're going to set a little bit of the context here we're going to start in uh, verse 14 Jesus is speaking to the seven churches in Revelation and he right here he's specifically addressing the church of Laodicea so in verse 14 if you guys want to follow along with me and to the angel of the church in Laodicea right the words of the amen, the faithful and true, witness the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich. I have prospered. I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. And verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may be clothed and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. We'll pause here. I think basically what Jesus is saying is you're very unimpressive that you and I are in deep need and many times we don't recognize that. Many times we don't see our nakedness. We, don't, we think we see, but yet we're blind. We think we're rich, but yet we're poor. So here Jesus is just calling us out to say, wake up, look at, look at your state. But then he's also moving us into hope. 
He's saying, if you would buy from me all these things that you need, and in essence, he's saying, I have what you need, and so I'm, I'm getting ready to make an offer to you, and so we would be wise to, to listen to Jesus' offer, to recognize our need, and, uh, and move forward from this. And so in 19, we're going to pick up, and he's going to uh, capitalize or at, essentially give us a word picture of, of what his offer includes. Those whom I love, again, he's speaking to the church, and so many times uh, we think of this verse as kind of evangelistic, and it certainly can fit that way, but right here he's speaking to the church, so he's speaking to people who are of him, um, but many times forget their position of need and many times forget what they have or his invitation to them. So those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. So recognize where you're at and, and let's do something about it, change direction. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat with my father on his throne. So essentially, we get this invitation. He gives us this word picture of, of Jesus Christ knocking on the door of your house and wanting to come and eat at your place. And the beautiful part about Christmas is we, we've likely had many different meals throughout this uh, holiday season. Uh, some of them are smaller, more intimate. Some of them are, are more like holiday parties. But we start to taste and recognize what it is to enter into fellowship with people. You go and, and you dine with someone and it's so much more personal than, you know, sitting in a church service. And, and most of the time is spent smiling and laughing and enjoying food and drink and you drive away and you think, I really enjoyed myself, where you experienced what it was to love and to be loved. And that's, that's, that's loving friendship. And in, in ancient days, I've been over in Jerusalem area, and there's different cities that Jesus spent some time in, and uh, very, very community-oriented, much more than we are in America. Um, we certainly strive for that, but even just geographic location is a little bit different. And so in these, in these cities, you'd have a, a, an area as big as this church, and there's, you know, 14, 15 houses in this area. And so it's, it's nothing if I want to spend some time with someone, you know, I just walk over to their door and, and knock. And, and if it's Donovan, he'd open the door and say, hey, welcome, come on in, let me, you know, let me fix you something. And so there's, there's this, inv if, if I desire time with an individual, I, there's this real tangible pursuit of that, right? And it's, it's very accessible. And so Jesus is saying, I desire time with you. I desire friendship with you. And so he gives us this picture of him knocking at your place, looking you up to say, I want to I wanna hang out with you. I can remember I met my wife, Sherry, I was 12 or something like that. Uh, but towards the Towards the end of my high school career, probably 17 years old, we started hanging out a little bit more. Uh, and one time we were gonna, she was up at the community center in Sturgis and, and I was gonna go up there and, and hang out with her. Uh, and I was running late or something happened. So I called the community center and I asked to speak with Sherry. And it was the first time I'd ever made a move and that was my first move. <laughs> made a move like that. And she tells me later how, I mean, that was, that was kind of a big moment that he asked to speak with me. She was with a group of my friends. And so she felt pursued in a, in a personal and unique way. And I think when we think of God pursuing loving friendship with us, we can think what a, what a nice concept, uh, the principle that he has a heart that wants that. But yet I think it's so much more than that. I think, I think Christmas, honestly, I think Jesus Christ 
coming to earth and invading our space, it, it made that heart real. It made it tangible where he came knocking on our door and saying more than simply a concept, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to pursue relationship with you. When I make the call, I'm asking for you. I'm looking up your address and I'm coming after you. It's real. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you, very personal, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So he, Christmas makes this real. Where unto you is born this day, it was an actual day in history couple thousand years ago, at an actual place, the city of David, that's Bethlehem, that's 7,000 miles from Rimrock Church, where God invaded the earth in order to look us up, in order to pursue us, in order to, no, no uh, wall I won't kick down, coming after you. In essence, the, the Christmas message as incredible as it is for God to become a baby, for God to become a man, uh, and we discuss and we celebrate what happened on Christmas, I think it's important to discuss why. Why did Jesus come? Why did he lay aside his, his crown in heaven and come be a baby in a manger? Most of us know this is, this is moving to the gospel message. This is so that he can eliminate every... Thing that stood in the way of him having intimate, personal, loving friendship with you. A way that he wanted to hang out, dine, and enjoy a meal with you, he needed to eliminate many things. In John 18, there's a scene where Pilate and Jesus are speaking, and many times throughout Jesus' last bit before the crucifixion, he, he, he's quiet and he just takes all the accusations that, that are false and he, he lets them play out. And then there's a few times where he opens his mouth. One of my favorite is when he's in the garden and they say, you know, we're here to seek the Christ. He says, I'm him. And what happens? All the soldiers fall to the ground. Just a little reminder, right? And this is another time where he's been quiet. He's held his tongue. He's just taken the onslaught of accusations. And then Pilate pulls him aside privately. And in John 18, 37, then Pilate said to him, so you're a king. And you can just see Jesus' eyes kind of perk up here, right? He says, you say that I'm a king. And then he answers the question that we're asking. Why Christmas? Why, why did he come to the earth? Jesus says of himself, for this purpose I was born. And for this purpose, I have come into the world, world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who hears, who is of this truth, listens to my voice. So not only is the invitation of friendship, the invitation is from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. By the way, I want to be your friend. And when he's asked, why, why you came, he says, the purpose to bear witness to the truth. And I believe one of the most succinct reasons for Christ coming to earth and the truth that he is trying to express, represent, and manifest is that God is loving. In 1 John, it says that God is love. And so I understand that to mean that everything that God does towards me, everything that God does towards you is love. So in Revelation 3, at the beginning, before the knocking and before the invitation for fellowship, he kind of reproves them, right? He says, don't be lukewarm, don't be apathetic. 
But even that warning is love because he knows if Jesus just hangs outside your house, that's not friendship. And there's, there's many, many, many people who the notion of Jesus being a friendly person, they're comfortable with. But they've never reached the point of recognizing they're naked and poor and in need of more. And so Jesus is not content just outside your house, just hanging around you. He wants to invade your space. He wants to enter into personal, deep, true fellowship with you. So it's impossible, I think, to be a true friend of Jesus unless first he's become your savior. And this is the gospel message where he has done everything needed to take on my sin to eliminate that barrier of unity between he and I so that he can truly, in a personal, real, intimate way, enter into my place and do life with me, to laugh with me, to form a deep, lasting relationship with me. So the truth that Jesus came to express is that God is loving and everything he does is sourced from and motivated by that love. Not only this, but Jesus Jesus encourages us to enter into perfect fellowship. And the example of that and the the picture of that 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 he invites us into is the Trinity. We just sang of, of what we believe in. We believe in the Father, we believe in the Son, we believe in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, we exist, the Godhead exists to glorify the other, to serve the other, to minister to the other, to lift one another up. And he says, this is what we experience, perfect love, perfect agape God love. And by the way, I wanna invite you into that. This is what, this is what the Godhead experiences in fellowship and unity and loving friendship. And I want you to come into that with us. How generous. Listen to this invitation in John 15, 9 through 12. We get the heart of Jesus expressed and an incredible truth that uh, we could spend the rest of our lives contemplating what it means. It says this, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Again, verse nine, as God the Father has loved the Son, so the Son has loved you. Other place in John says, as God the Father loves the Son, the Father loves us. So the question is, how does God the Father love the Son? With no beginning and no end, unchanging and limitless. So that means the father of the universe, God, loves you with no beginning and he loves you with no end and his love for you never changes. And my favorite for the moment is it's limitless. God loves you with a limitless love and being the source and the creator and the essence of love, that, that is pointed in your direction. Again, he says, I'm, I'm knocking on your door wanting to express this to you in the most personal, intimate way that I not only want to give you my love, but I wanna share in the things that I have. And so one of them that pulled out is so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 
And you guys have probably tasted friendships that are more than simply simple friendships. They're friendships that don't really have um, a lot of lines and boundaries. The, the greatest form of this is marriage, right? Is when I enter into covenant relationship with my wife, my, I took on her debt and she took on my debt. Her assets became my assets. And there's this unity that takes place that her things become my things and my things become her things. And you guys have friends like this, perhaps, that we, we get a flavor and a taste and, and I believe God is saying, that's what I want, only remember that I'm God. And so I wanna share all that I have, which is everything. And I wanna share that with you. And I wanna join you in with this dance of the Trinity. And then he goes on to say, I want you to abide, that means remain in, stay connected in my love. Because I believe there's, there's many people out here that have met Jesus as Savior, that have, have recognized his invitation for forgiveness, have recognized his invitation um, to, to be made right with God and declared righteous and to take on, um, as he took on your sin, you get his righteousness, you've been there. But I think many times we can know God as Savior, but we haven't experienced God as friend. Where we know our legal position before God, but he says, it's more than that. That legal position being justified allows you and I to fellowship. So again, I wanna, I wanna hang out at your place. I wanna do life with you. And it's been a blessing to my heart lately to just think of God pursuing friendship with me. As I walk through just the normal things of life, God wants to be a part of that. And he wants to bring me into that with him. Then he goes on to say in John 17, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And so not only does God, Jesus say, as the Father loves the Son, the Son loves you, but I want you to invite other people into this fellowship, other people into this meal. And again, I think we get a great taste of this at Christmas where, where many times we, we bring people who we, we normally wouldn't into our homes for meal. A lot of you make a habit of this all throughout the year. Praise God, bless you. But it's, it's recognizing that we get a taste what it is to experience such health and such loving relationships that we want, we want to share this. And it, and it becomes contagious. And so we usher other people and God says, okay, if I love you with limitless love, now I want you to try to love others with limitless love. And not only try, I want to I empower you to do so by the Holy Spirit moving through you so that other people get a taste of what it's like to experience the love of God. And I hope when people interact with you, I hope they're impressed with the amount of love that you pour out onto them, with the selflessness. And then in your own heart you think, man, if you think I'm something, wait till you meet my God. Because we recognize our wretchedness. We recognize our brokenness, but praise be to God, he's done something about it and he uses vessels like us to give tastes of agape, unconditional love to the world. And so, a couple challenges for you. One, get this picture of Jesus looking you up, finding out where you live, 
pursuing you, making the march to your home, knocking on your door and saying, I delight in having a meal with you. I would delight in true, personal friendship with you. And just spend some time thinking on that. And if you're like me, you'll probably have to remind yourself over and over and over, even though he's caught me, he's still pursuing me. There's probably a lesson for husbands in there, by the way. Okay. And then my second challenge is this, that he started to lay on my heart. If I'm to invite other people into this and the Holy Spirit wants to express that love of God to other people that many times I see, feel so ill-equipped, but he continues to whisper, how could you be ill-equipped? I've invited you into the unity of the Spirit. I've placed myself in you to in order, allow you to do this. You're not ill-equipped. And it's the question of this, God, how do you want to express your love to this person? Very simple, but that's my challenge. As you interact with, maybe it's people close to you like family, maybe it's people that you're just gonna uh, have a quick little introduction to, but it's how do you want to express your love to this person? And as you surrender to him, just watch what he does. He gets to decide what it looks like, he gets to decide how much hoopla is involved or how, how mundane it is. But it's simply to offer yourself up to that and to be open for that loving friendship of God to be poured out upon you and then to invite other people into that. Lastly, I was blown away again. The invitation of friendship to me is phenomenal. The invitation to enjoy unity with the Godhead is phenomenal. And then in Revelation 3 verse 21, um, I don't even know all of what it means, but it seems really good and really generous and just like God. When he says, the one who conquers... I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. So recognizing the deep, deep generosity and unity we have with God to the point where Jesus says to the one who conquers, you can sit on my throne with me and reign with me and love with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the written word that you illuminate by your Holy Spirit to give us understanding. Thank you for how you give us even tangible pictures in scriptures that we can relate to, like a meal together. Thank you that you give us real life experiences like meals together, that we, we taste, uh, at least in an earthly way, uh, with sprinkles of heaven, what it is like to experience joy in fellowship. And thank you, Father, for sending Jesus Christ that all of this can be personal, all of this can be intimate, all of this can be real to us. And so I pray for, for each heart and soul in here that they would recognize that God will never stop pursuing them. And he says he stands at the door and knocks and if we hear his voice, open our eyes and our ears to hear your voice that you will come in and eat with us and us with you. Amen.